1: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Email has been lit up here lately. I mean, it's just absolutely wild. You can also text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay here to talk a little Packers offseason. Just doing a little roster eval this morning, Tim, and kind of breaking the entire thing down and, and some of the things that you need to put in place around Jordan Love on offense, you know, obviously you got your quarterback in the future. That's the big, the big question this year that we got answered. Um, There's some holes on offense as well. And then on the defensive side, I'm going to be real with you guys, man. Um, I don't know how Joe Barry kept it together. (laughs) These grades were horrendous and, and understand the grades, the grades don't reflect the play caller. The grades don't reflect, you know, quote-unquote, the, the coaching, if you will. Like they do football,
2: reflect getting hit in the hand with a pick six and not catching it. They, they do.
1: They reflect they got, that. They do reflect you getting into the backfield, two yards into the backfield, and sliding off the ball carrier, missing the tackle. It does reflect that. So yeah. it, you know,
2: it, it, it definitely reflects the safety biting down on a RPL fake and getting beat over the top for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, there you go. So we're going to kind of lay it all out there and – there's really there's a number of different ways you can approach this. And the way I like to do it, you've got needs because of the roster construction, but then you've got needs for how bad the team plays. So what you're looking to do is, first first and foremost, you're looking to fill the roster, right? So you've got to make sure that those holes are, that are being vacated, you've got to fill those back in. And then you key in on, okay, what did we do good? What did we do bad? Really specifically, what did we do bad? And how do we, the goal is to take, that weakness and turn it into a strength every offseason, right? If you can do that, then you've really, really done your job as a front office. So when we look at the roster as a whole, we'll start on the offensive side. Let me just roll through the chat real quick and say hey to everybody before we do. Nick McSwain in the chat. What's up, buddy? Carly Ray in here, United Bates, Chuck Norris, uh, Eric Sutherland, Mikey Kamuda. I think I hope I'm saying that right, buddy. Uh, Boz in the house. What's up, Boz? Good to see you in here. NFL Pack Boy. What's up, man? Uh, Zane Strong, Green Ranger. Got a whole crew in here. Randy Clevers, good morning, buddy. Good to see you in here. So, um, let's do this. Let's uh, let's dive into the – I want to start a defense, but we're going to start offense, okay, just to kind of lay the foundation because the defense is a mess. We'll probably spend more time on the defense than the offense. So – on the offensive side of the ball, as far as people that are leaving, okay, let's talk about the holes we're vacating. And we've hit on some of these guys. We've we've popped up the uh, the free agent list for you guys several times. I'll just flash it up here for you. If you guys are new to the channel, um, this is kind of what we've been hitting on here. These are you can see you've got UFA next to uh, under the status next to some of these players. Those are unrestricted free agents. They're hitting the market, okay. Then you've got restricted free agents, which means you can tender them. You can you can put a tag on them. Like, let me give you an example. Last year, Josh Nyman, right? Yash Nyman, they put, I believe it was a second-round tender on it. And what what that means is those tenders are slotted by how much you're willing to pay them. So you slap the price tag on them. The league determines, all right, what is that equivalent to as far as in value with the trade. So we put like a $4.1 million tender, whatever it was, on Yash. And that's deemed a second-round tender, meaning he's now our free agent because he was restricted. We were allowed to do that. And if another team wants him, right? they can come in and trade you a second-round pick. So it's got to be equal in value that pick does to the amount of money that you tagged on that player. Okay, That's a, that's kind of a very, very general, generalized uh, definition of what a restricted free agent is. Then you've got what we call ERFAs, exclusive rights free agents. The best way to dive into ERFAs, guys, is if you want them back, you can get them back for pennies on a dollar. It's just really that simple. Okay, So I almost count these guys as if they're still on the roster because if the Packers do like them, then they'll be back, right? So let's start with the players who are departing on offense. Uh, the the top the, – the first one that comes to mind, I'm just going to go through the position groups. A.J. Dillon, he graded out as a 75.7, okay? So you've got Patrick Taylor, who is an ERFA. So if they want Patrick Taylor back, they'll have him back. So if that's the case, you've got three running backs right there, right? And, and keep in mind, too, you can use the draft to bolster that. It's totally cool. We're going to just talk about the foundation of the roster first. A.J. Dillon – 75.7, he's set to hit the market. Now, we kind of talked about it, and some of us were okay with, with putting three and a half million on A.J. Dillon. The more I think about it, Tim, Emmanuel Wilson, he showed flashes. Granted, he was hurt most of the year, but his final grade ended up being an 80.0. And as Dead Fish says in the chat here, good job, Tim. Wilson showed some promise, maybe using him a bit more. We'll keep Jones prayers Completely agree. And, you know, the fact that you've got a decent second back back there without AJ Dillon, it really gives you the leverage in negotiations with AJ Dillon too. The running back market's down, right? We've seen that. That was a big controversy last year. By the way, here's you want to you want a teaser or a little tip here? uh, uh what do we call it? A uh, not a teaser, but a spoiler alert. There that same argument we heard last year on the running back market being down, you're gonna hear it again this year. Trust me. It's it's coming again and the same people will be complaining about how running backs aren't respected enough and all this. It's coming. Brace yourself. So now we're
2: looking at this draft, this is a running back light draft, right? There's not a lot of running backs or or is it the opposite? I'm trying to remember what uh Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not educated enough on the draft yet, Tim, to really, you know what I mean, to give an educated answer there. Um, we're gonna dive into it. I, I thought about doing a mock draft today, but we may do it tonight or the next day. But okay. Um, I'm trying to get the, the free agent stuff in, you know what I mean? Because it is important to hit it first. Free agent's going to come. A lot of people will burn themselves out on the draft right now. They'll be doing mock drafts like crazy, this and that. And then all of a sudden, free agency hits. You sign two players on the bottom of the roster. Now that's not a need. You wasted all that time looking at the prospects. I try to steer clear of that too much, but we will be doing mock drafts. But, yeah, I'm not sure how deep the running back uh, market is, or the running back room is in the draft itself. Um, we could pull that information up really quick if we have time, though, for sure. Okay. Um, AJ Dillon, 75.7. Let him test the market. The market's down, like we said. You got Emmanuel Wilson, who's showing, like, hey, look, I can be that backup running back and probably a little more effective in the pass game than AJ, although AJ took huge steps forward this year. But that's one that's departing the there. Uh, in the tight end room, you got to bounce all the way down to the tight end room. Wide receiver room. Like, here's the other thing, too. I highlighted the players in green who, who, were above 70 PFF grade. Okay. So Jordan Love, 83.6. You're good to go. Aaron Jones, 80.9. Emmanuel Wilson, 80.0. So you're solid there. Wide receiver room. Dontavian Wicks, 77.8. You guys heard me say about five weeks ago, that's your, that's wide receiver one right there. Like you've got to start getting him wide receiver one reps. Um 77.8. Number two, 73.6 is Romeo Dobbs. Then you got Jaden Reed at 73.3. So you got three players in the green right there. Bo Melton, by the way, only 100 and some snaps, like 170 snaps, still a lot of snaps, though, right? 83.4. He actually led the team in PFF grade. It's just a much smaller sample size than the other guys that I tried to just kind of put him down the roster a touch. So your wide receiver room is good. Christian Watson, 68.2, obviously took a step back with the hammy. Um, but still, sixty-eight point two. I think we would all agree that's not horrible, right? That's a good number three receiver. If indeed these guys continue to grow past him, and I'm okay with that. I don't get hung up on one player. Right. If you want to see Christian Watson explode? Let let defenses forget about him for two seconds, right? And he all of a sudden sudden's your number three receiver. You bring him in on a you know a third and four play where it looks like you may run the ball. You run a play action, and he takes the top off the defense. They're going to start. You guys, uh, do you follow right? his?
2: Do you follow his dad on Twitter?
1: I don't follow his dad. No, but I've seen him on there for sure.
2: He's got some good stuff. Someone was calling out, you know, trying to call out scoot for the hamstring and being glass that, you know, the narrative and his pops basically said, uh, alluded to the fact that, Oh, we're going to figure this out. We, this off season, we're going to figure out this hamstring issue. And so I don't know if they're working with their own team, you know, maybe got uh, some personal trainers or, uh, you know, you know, personal doctors that are going to really take a look in depth, but, um, I think that's cool, man. They're committed to keeping him on the field and I love it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. They said he's already spent like tens of thousands of dollars on it right. out of his own personal money this offseason to try to get it figured and out. We know
2: rookie, rookie contracts don't pay a lot, a lot of money. So right. that shows you, you got a guy that's serious about ball and investing in himself. I mean, we, we know about the millions of dollars a year that, you know, Tom Brady spend on his body to, to be able to play okay. this game for so long. So it's really cool to see, uh, Second year, you know, going into his third year player that's got that same kind of commitment. So, uh, keep your eye on Scoot, don't write him off.
1: Yeah, hey, look, and I'll turn it over to you here, Jacob. But, uh, a lot of avocado ice cream right down there with Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> that body, right?
1: Go ahead, Jacob. What are you gonna say, buddy?
0: No, nothing. Um, to kind of answer uh, Tim's original uh, question or whatever, it's um. That draft is really not a heavy, at least on the top of the draft. I'm looking at PFF grades, and the highest one that they have listed is Jonathan Brooks at 58. So you're talking late second round as far as that's the first I saw as far as a halfback. So, I mean, yeah, it could be one of those late rounds. I mean, I don't count out, obviously, late-round running backs, though. We've had our luck with some guys like that. Um, But as far as I I was so ready to take a high pick with a running back, I just don't see it happening anymore just because there's not a lot there.
1: Yeah. For sure. Uh, Chuck Norris in the chat said, is there an update on merch? Chuck, I'm glad you're interested in the merch, buddy. I love your movies too, by the way. I
0: the um, so idea of Chuck Norris. Like, <laughs> oh, where's the PTA glossy shirt? Like?
1: So the merch store is up. I placed the test order the other day. To the best of my knowledge, it's still good to go. Now, again, we had to adjust some stuff. Like, for instance, rather than have Packers total access on the shirts, we did Packer fan total access. We've got one with just a logo. And I'm in the process of creating some other stuff, too. So if you see something in there you like, grab it, you know, and I know Carly's going to put together a better mug than I did. I just tried to mimic yours, Carly, to the best of the best that I could. I know she's got some alternate alternate uh, decals as well, some logos as well. So she'll get on that, I'm sure. Um, But. We, we're trying to work around that stuff because we want to make sure that we're not taking anything from the Packers in that regard. This is podcast merch. This isn't Packers merch, right? And that's what we're trying to make sure people understand in that regard. We definitely want to honor that system. So to answer your question, there is merch up. Um, if you don't like what you see as far as designs in there right now, we're going to be putting out some more merch too. But if you see something you like, like I did, you know, I grabbed a hoodie that says Packer Fan Total Access, What we'll probably just do is the PTA logo and total access on the shirts moving forward. I got to get started on that today. So not enough hours in the day for sure. But there you go. There's your update on the merch. Um, All right. So back to the offense. We talked about the wide receiver room. I don't see any reason to intentionally go and try to add to the wide receiver room. That doesn't mean a great player doesn't fall to you and you take them. This might be the year they take one in the first round. That would not surprise me one bit that, man, this wide receiver room's cheap. They're young. They're playing great. All of a sudden, Goody pulls the trigger on a, on a first-round yeah. wide receiver. That'd be hilarious. Now, when you move on to the tight end room, you got Luke Musgrave at 68.1, Tucker Craft at 60.4, Ben Sims at 60.5. Josiah DeGora was at 51.7. He is an unrestricted free agent. I think he just let him walk, obviously. Uh, Henry Pearson, we mentioned him. Um, that they kind of signed him to the roster or whatever, um, and we said, "Hey, look, that's maybe the backup for uh, the plan for having a a quote unquote fullback." His PFF grade was forty-seven point seven. So for me personally, I think you're in the market for one tight end in that room. So nothing quarterback, maybe one at running back, but I wouldn't put any like you know great need on it. Nothing in the wide receiver room, one tight end, and then when it comes to offensive line, this is the big big glaring hole. Okay, so. Struggles this year. What do we point out on offense? Run blocking, right? Pass blocking, too. You know, I had actually broke it down. My old school paperwork here. This thing has already been beat all to hell. It ain't going to last through the offseason, fellas. I promise you that. Um, So, on offense, what was down this year according to the 33rd team? Uh, Rushing yards per carry. Rushing total points, right? Now, that could be the running back or that could be the offensive line. I think we would all agree it's the offensive line because look at look at Aaron Jones's grade and you've seen him still rushing for a a decent yards per carry there at the end of the year in spite of the bad run blocking. Um, so you've got rushing blocking total points was way down. And then you have pass blocking total points was way down according to the 33rd team and SIS data. Okay. So now on the PFF side, what was it? Run blocking grade 55.1, right? So, their pass blocking grade at PFF says, nah, you're pretty decent at it, right? The run blocking grade, absolute booty cheeks. So you put all that information into a pot, what's it come away with? We need to improve the offensive line, don't we? Now, it just so happens when you go to the PFF side of things, David Bakhtiari grade out to 78.3. We know he's due like 30. I think the, the number settled in at 39 million is what the cap hit's going to be this year. So there's no way he's going be to be back on that cap number right it's right. going to take a restructuring in the contract him taking a little bit of a pay cut for him to be back if he doesn't come back you're freeing up roughly 20 million if he does come back I'd like to see you get him down to about 32 million cap hit freeing up another 8 million in cap space but as it sits right now David Bakhtiari um, 78.3 at left tackle Elton Jenkins 63.8 so he had a down year for sure although there are some metrics and this is why you got to cross check cross reference with SIS data um, there are some that he is, you know, one of the best – one of, if not the best pass-blocking offensive guards in the league. It's just, you know, certain aspects of his game is what's taking a hit. Josh Myers, center, according to PFF, 54.7. Now, keep in mind, 33rd team, they had him as the ninth highest center in the league in total points per play – or per game, rather. So – Take that as you will. To me, when you're that bad on PFF and you're not, that, uh, according to the 33rd team, you're probably somewhere in the middle of the pack at about 15 or 20. You know what I mean? Probably closer to 20 than 15, honestly. But nonetheless, it is a tier two position of importance. I think you got to look to upgrade there if at all possible. Now, do I think they're going to do that? No. I think the Packers like him. I think everything they've said in the media, they mean what they say and they say what they mean. I think he'll probably be back, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's no competition. Just want to point out, that's one of the the big, big eyesores on the offensive line, according to PFF. John Runyon, we talked about him yesterday. 56.5 is what he graded out. Now he's going to be a free agent. He's leaving. Zach Tom, 79.7. So you're set at right tackle, just an absolute stud. I feel like you're set at left guard as well. And if Bach gets that contract down, you're set at left tackle. Rasheed Walker, 66.3. Everybody has convinced themselves that Rasheed Walker had like this all-pro season. Rasheed Walker played great for a late-round pick and he showed improvement. He was kind of forged in the fire, right? But we got to stop pretending like, hey, this dude right here, let me tell you, Rasheed Walker, he is, you know, know, just a slammed-up pro bowler or all-pro. It's not the case. But, again, 66.3, solid performance for him filling in at left tackle. That's a tough ask. Uh, Yash Naiman's going to hit free agency, 57.4 was his grade. So I'm of the opinion, let Yash test the market. If you don't get any offers, sign him for a veteran minimum. If you don't – if if that doesn't work out, fine, we'll replace him. Guard Sean Ryan, he's going to be on the roster, 49.3 PFF grade. Roy guy. Snow, he's going to be on the roster, 40.9 PFF grade. So all that information, this is – if you use the color code system like, like my nerdy rear end does, okay, you've got center, right guard, tackle, and two more guards. So you've really got five holes that you could fill there. You could probably find an improvement walking down the street, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With that being said. And, again, what was the negative aspect? Run blocking, pass blocking was down a touch, right? Run blocking was way down this year. So you want to take that that negative, right, that, that weakness and try to make it a strength. That's how you approach it. So with all that assessment, it's a lot of stuff to cover. I think you need one tight end and three offensive linemen this offseason that's going to kind of set the stage for free agency. That's also going to set the stage for the draft. Now, when you look at the offensive line uh, from that perspective there, um, who, um, how many of those spots are going to be starting spots? Sean Ryan's setting the, setting the floor for you at right guard, right? I think it would be okay to go in free agency and try to find a good guard. I'm not saying break the bank, but try to find a starting caliber guard. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you can get a deal on one, but let's go around the horn with that. All that information, any direction y'all want to take it, Let's see what you got to say, Tim. Uh,
2: I'm just looking at right guard and I'm thinking like, you know, this is clearly why, I mean, we don't have a starting caliber right guard. We, we've put, uh, we put Yash out there, or excuse me, we put Sean Ryan out there. Um, JRJ has been out there and it's like putting those two together has mimicked a starting right guard. And uh, that's not the, that's not going to be the answer in 2024. Uh, It can't be. So, yeah free agency draft whatever we have to do but um some of those numbers man are astounding like you look at Sean Ryan's numbers normally when you get you know lower snap counts usually those guys grade out higher right you know just by the fact that they have played a little less snaps than than a lot of these starters but it's like i'm looking at Sean Ryan's grade and i'm going that that's like you said that's the floor I don't even like that as the floor. <laughs>
1: I don't either, and I'm
2: just being honest. And, and look, this is not—I'm not ragging on these guys at all. Um, Sean Ryan's a good dude; he's a good teammate. Um, you know, and we can say that about a lot of guys on this roster. But at the end of the day, like you say, Clayton and Jacob said this before too. You know, at this level, it's—it's it's a business, and um, you know, NFL stands for not for long. What have you done for me lately? Uh, win it now. Where you know so. We've got to address that issue. I I'd almost say you know you talk about center, center being more important position, and I 100% agree. But I I feel like we got to get the you know the right side of this this line here figured out because we got Zach Tom over there who's a, a you know certainly a, an anchor and has solidified his spot at right tackle. We got to put somebody next to him there. Yeah. I really believe it. And and like you said, I think there's some logic to what you're saying about Josh Myers. You know he probably probably be back. I think oh, Eric good. Sutherland with a gem! I love this.
1: <laughs> he, Eric Sutherland says Jacob Tamaki Green Bay, a quarterback in the first round. They're actually gonna, he's they're actually going to trade up for a first. Ooh. round. Gotcha. Yeah. We're, here you go. We're going to go to the you old sure school. About offense. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Jacob? What, what what sticks out to you about all this info, man?
0: Um, I mean I'm just I actually I'm started to nerd out already this morning. I woke up really early and I was like, "Oh, let's look at the old PFF rankings." And I started excited. <laughs> one guy that caught my mind actually was brought up by Deadfish Jackson Powers Johnson. He's the uh, he's the number 1 ranked center pretty Oh, much He's crazy. a star dude.
1: Dude,
0: I think that he could kick out and play guard easy, but in a pinch we could maybe have him replace the center. Another guy to keep an eye on in my mind would be Jordan Morgan, tackle from Arizona. He's 6-6. Uh, I think his run blocking grade was a solid 77. His passing grade was like an 84, and they were talking. Uh, I looked him up. He was the most mocked to the Packers, like at 25% of the mock drafts.
1: Got it. Got it. Good stuff, man. Um, let's see here. There was somebody in the comments. Uh, <clears throat> Drew D. said, I'd feel I'd feel a lot better about getting a starting left tackle to pair with Tom and have Walker be the backup. I'm even okay with Nyman as the number four Uh, but Walker as a starter and Naman as a backup is a bit weak. I completely agree, Drew. And, and, you know, we – Rashid Walker may take a huge step forward next year, right? That could happen. But when you put all your eggs in that basket, if he does struggle, man, there's nothing worse than having a, a faulty uh, a faulty left tackle trying to protect your franchise quarterback, man. That's going to get ugly really, really quick. Um, and Drudy goes on to say, I'm pounding the table to sign Connor Williams at center. So I just pulled that up real quick um, as far as the free agencies. Uh, Connor Williams right now is listed. Um, this is according to the Pro Football Network. He's listed as the third best interior offensive line. That's set to be a free agent. You got Robert Hunt, number one, Kevin Dotson, number two, Connor Williams, number three. Now, what I was going to try to do is pull that up on SPO track and let's just kind of get an idea of uh, of what Connor Williams' uh, market value is going to be. All right. So he's listed as the third best here on their chart as far as free agents. So they're saying that his calculated market value will be 13 and a half million average. Annual salary, so they're they're talking about cap hit, right? Uh, they're saying the the base calculated value of the of the uh, contract would be five years, fifty nine point one million, with an average salary of eleven point eight. They compare him to the likes of a uh, Frank Ragnow, Corey Lindsley, uh, Eric McCoy, Mitch Morse, um, All those average out to what we talked about: the average prime percentage change of fifteen point seven percent. That brings you to five years, sixty seven million. million per. So he's a center. If you bring him in, there you you would fix your center spot, but that's a big chunk of change, ain't it, Phyllis? I mean, you're talking about 13 and a half million. Listen, we're we're in a lot better shape. I I love how people just thought that getting rid of Aaron Rodgers was going to fix all the problems and the salary cap. It's It's like I always say, it's never as bad as it sounds, it's never as good as it sounds. All right. People will try to feed off of the the uh, extreme of both of those sides of the argument, but you could make that work. If you went out and got a Connor Williams, uh, I would, I would lose my mind. You guys know how I feel about the center position. I think it's, you know, on offense, you've got left tackle and you got quarterback. And then in tier two, it's center. I don't have anyone else listed in tier two. I think it's those three positions are your most important positions on offense. In my opinion, center is the only person that touches the ball every single play other than the quarterback. Some cases people are running wild, uh, wildcat and direct snaps. So you you could argue the center touches the ball more than anyone on the football field. Um, so he's 26 years old, too. Tim, what do you think, man? Cap hits. go around the home with that. And this is why I wanted to do this exercise because there's going to be names like this get brought up. Would you be willing to pay 13 and a half million per year cap hit on average to bring in a center that you think, okay, this guy's proven he's a real deal?
2: Ask me that question after we figure out Bakhtiari's situation.
1: (laughs) Right. Because that's the thing too. Now think about this. If they decide to move on from Bach and you free up roughly 20 million, there's your money and you got seven left. Right. But now you got to think, what are we doing at left tackle? Are we drafting a first round left tackle to say, all right, plug and play? Is Rasheed Walker going to be good enough that hey, that's the guy? Right? Or do do you go to
2: free agency for that? Right. Do you do you bring in a veteran? you know, contingency plan for, you know, five to 7 million a year, or whatever it's going to take mm-hmm. and, uh, see, see how that goes. Um, I know Preston Smith made comments, uh, yesterday when they were cleaning out lockers saying that, uh, you know, we need to have a championship off season is what he said and have mm-hmm. a, have that focus in the off season. So, you know, maybe Rasheed Walker does take that step. Maybe he right. grinds out a, a heck of an off season and uh, right. shows up to camp, a uh, you know, a new man and, uh, you know, a solid wall over there at, at left tackle. But, um, you know, we can't bank on that. We won't know until, uh, you know, probably at least preseason or, you know, first quarter of the, of the season um, how he's looking. So, um, yeah, I think we got to figure out the uh, the Bakhtiari deal. But I'm not opposed to, um, you know, paying a, a center like that or taking a cap hit on a prospect at center that could be, um, you know, there for the long haul. Because, hey, look, we know Jordan's going to be here. And that quarterback center chemistry is a real thing. Ask Brad Favre and uh, Frankie Winters, and, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's true. So, um, yeah, I'm not opposed to
0: that. I don't know. Jacob, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, man. Hey. I'm so gunshy now about paying guys because it just seems like the second thing you give them these massive contracts that either they get injured or the play just kind of seems to level off. And yeah.
1: That's a common we, thing, too, man. It is. I really
0: just think that I like the competition. I like the young guys. Like, um, you know, that whole aspect of don't draft when you need draft, you know, to, for backup kind of thing. And then that way, if God forbid you have an injury, somebody moves away, they, they want to get off the team or whatever the case is. You have that like that base that we've talked about, which is, again, what's so important about the offseason is building from the base level up. You know, really making sure like we, you know, we talked about that signing those practice squad guys. That's like your base floor. Right. That's your foundation yeah. of what you have, that bottom of the team. And is if you can keep making that level grow and grow and grow I think that's gonna be massive and again 14 draft picks like I don't know if we package some of those and really think about like we could make some moves in this draft and the Packers are lethal in the second round I see a lot of potential for a lot of different positions I just if you look through like that PFF and just uh, filter those results for just like guard tackle and center I mean there's a lot of dudes there and there's some really really good looking guys that grade out very well so I could see the Packers again doing some of those things that they do when they take three stabs at wide receiver, three stabs at quarterback, three stabs at the offensive line, you know, whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah. And when you look at hey, – uh, What's oh, up, you. <laughs> When you look at the left tackle market, right, we were just talking about that and, and saying, okay, if you if, – if Bach isn't going to be on the roster, do you try to fill that void in free agency? Let's say you did go for a center like a Connor Williams, right, and you try to fill that whole center. The top offensive tackles – um, as far as free agents, uh, Mike Owenu uh, from I think he was in New England, if I remember correctly. You got Jonah Williams, Tyron Smith, Mackie Beckton, Trent Brown, Donovan Smith. Josh Nyman is listed as the seventh best. George Fant, uh, Jermaine Illuminor, I think is how you say it, and Josh Jones. So when I went to the market value, there's only one that's listed with the market value, and that's Jonah Williams. So keep in mind, Tyron Smith, 33 years old. Uh, Andres Pete, 30 years old. Dwayne Brown, 38.3, right? These are some of the – that are listed as tackles. Some of them are guards, but they can play tackle as well, okay? So, if we go to Jonah Williams, who's a right tackle who's 26 years old, his market value is showing $14.9 million. So, just a touch more than what we talked about for center there, right? So, uh, again, that comes out to some of the cops are D.J. Humphreys, Donovan Smith, Taylor Decker, Deion Dawkins. Right. And when you take John Williams, you've got an average prime percentage change of about five point five percent. And uh, your calculated market value for him now would be five years, 74.6 million, 14.9 average annually. So another another direction they could take it is signing, you know, someone like that in free agency uh, at left tackle. But again, this is if Bach is not here. The other option would be, like I said, to try to get box cap number down to about 32 million. You keep him. You're set at left tackle. You can now draft. Uh, a, you know, like I said, we've got. I think we we could see as many as three new offensive linemen added. I'm not talking about just camp bodies either. I'm talking about actually on the roster all year. I think that could happen. Not that you would spend a ton of free agency to do it, but you're going to have that kind of void unless you just want to run it back with a team that really, really underperformed run blocking. So. Um, Emilio, anything you want to add to this conversation? Man, I know you just rode out of bed. you've been in the whiskey all night?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah he not honestly, only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. That, that helped me start it off here. No, but honestly, um you know talking here you guys talk about it, the i I would honestly feel a little bit better just keeping Josh. He finally got his uh, his head on straight where where got the call squared away and spend a little That's bit a more you know spend point. a little bit more left tackle right guard. Um, And sure that up, because like you said, he's touching it every time him and him and Jordan. I feel like they've got a they've got a little uh, little vibe going now that we went through that that rough snap where he didn't snap it on QB sneak, all that stuff. There's just those little things that we'd have to hammer out again next year. So I wouldn't be opposed to maybe, you know, looking at that left tackle, right guard um, a little bit more, you know, closely like that, because then he's also got the connection with Elton. You know, if we could get three out of the five. And it's not like every team is going to have, you know, five stellar O-linemen. It's not like we're going to have the top five O-line, the top top five wide receiver, QB, all that. We're going to have to pick something that's not perfect um, and, and, you know, work with it. So, yeah, I'd be cool with that.
1: Yeah, and some people were hearing you say that about Josh Myers. and going, Emilio, he graded out a 54.7. Again, this is just one side of the coin. You go to the 33rd team, they had him graded out as the ninth best center in the league. So you got to take everything in into account, mm-hmm. right? With with all of that information put in a pot together, me personally, I think the route we should go is if Bach is willing to take that pay cut, I'd like to see him back at left tackle. You got Rasheed Walker as a backup tackle. You go out and try to find you a solid guard or a solid interior offensive lineman to try to plug that gap on the right side. And you could probably do that interior offensive lineman, that value drops significantly after those right. top wave of guys go, could probably get a better deal on a right guard. You now have a new starting right guard. He doesn't have to be great. Just he'll give me 65 PFF. You know what I mean? Just somewhere in that range. And okay, that's, we can, we can work with that. um That might be the best way to fill it in. But again, with with everything and and how everyone underperformed, one thing we're not talking about, and I don't like to call for people's jobs, but Coach Buckus, offensive line coach, I mean, you got to step back and go, what are we doing run blocking? You've seen it all year. I mean, it was it was bad. Pass blocking, yeah, they played good, but the run blocking is slack. And also, if you want to run it through another filter, how do we draft offensive linemen? You know, you never hear about Green Bay going, oh, they drafted this guy. He's a road grader. He's one of those run blocking. It's always footwork, pass blocking technique, right? So maybe Coach Buckus is taking a little too much heat from me there and the fact that he's trying to make chicken salad out of you-know-what right now. Just like a
2: a huge emphasis on protecting Jordan in this first year. And and, and maybe that run blocking got lost in the mix a little. Right.
1: Yeah. And I don't disagree with it. You know what I mean? Like that should be top priority, right? And and you've seen it's it's what it's it's one of, if not the main reasons we had success this year was love doing that little fadeaway, that fadeaway buying that extra second, right? If you do go too far, swing the pendulum too far in the opposite direction. Now you got him running for his lock like some of these other young quarterbacks that we definitely don't want that.
3: Right. <clears throat> but uh, the same thing that goes on with the defense and having you know the pass rush versus the versus the run stop, same same kind of idea. I feel like then he was
2: just like, hey, let's just protect Jordan, give him a shot and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You want to be balanced, and it's hard to hard to achieve that, right? You got you got. It's like you you'll take being great in one category as long as you can be at least good in another. And I think that's what we're looking at in, in run blocking here is, like, let's get good at least to complement this uh, really good pass pro that we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Eric Sutherland in the chat said, uh, Newman, Ryan, and John Runyon is like stepping in three piles of dog crap at once. They've underperformed, man. There's no doubt about it. It's wild to me, though. you you, you always got to kind of step back and go, okay, what is the common thread here? Think about this. Just hear me out a second. Th- three years ago, two years, at least two years ago, might've been three years ago, Royce Newman had a decent year. We're like, man, look at Royce Newman at right guard, right? Now his play declines, right? So John Runyon takes over. He had a good year. Was it last year? We were like, man, his pass blocking solid. He's played good. This year he declines. What is it about the right guard position? Is it, is it you know, are they asking too much from that position? Are they? Is there something we're not seeing behind the scenes that makes that right guard grade out so bad According to, you know what I mean, PFF, and and the blown block percentage. Don't get me wrong, was horrendous with with John Runyon, too. That's why I cross checked that after I heard him get emotional about being a Packer last night. I was like, man, I'm I'm trying to find any reason possible to bring this guy back, and it's just it's just not been there. Unless right. of course the market isn't there for him. You bring him back on a minimum, and there's another backup for you. You know that knows the system, knows the calls, is familiar with working with Josh Myers, and all that. So. Right. Um, but to that of-
3: point, to that point, Clayton, I mean we had Josh in there that whole time. Right. So there's some consistency there, but we can rotate our right guard and it's not killing mm-hmm. us. You know, it's it's not that big of a deal that it's a revolving door right there. You know, where we're still making it work. That's what kind of gets me excited about having like a solid three, you know, mm-hmm. two to two to three you can count on. But um that's exactly it, man.
2: Especially I, considering injuries, you know, over the course of right, the season. Right, Josh you know? has
3: been there, right? Everybody right. on the right right, right guard has been hurt. Elton's had hit his thing here or there. I mean, consistency is staying on the field. So mm-hmm. we've seen that.
1: I like what Reeves says here. And, and I'm okay with this kind of talk and these kind of moves in the offseason. I just don't like it in season when you start shuffling people around. But if you make this decision going into the season, I would have no problem with this. He said, get a right tackle and then go from left to right. Bakhtiari at left tackle. Zach Tom at left guard, Elton Jenkins at center, Josh Myers at right guard, and then your new right tackle. Think about that. You know, if you were to go out and get that top right tackle that we said for 14 million, right. And you shave off that, you know, seven and a half to 8 million off a box contract, you shuffle it around here, Elton Jenkins. I think your center position will be good to go. If he was the center, I feel the same way about Zach Tom too, by the way, but you've got to have someone to fill in at right tackle. You've got to, plug that hole too, right? Um, so, yeah, if you were to go out and get a rookie a rookie right tackle or sign one in free agency, if you could pull that off um, for a decent amount, that might be another way to go. But, again, I'm cool with that in the off season. When people start talking this type of stuff in season, I'm going, hold up. Now if one injury happens, you're moving two or three players rather than just plugging and playing one guy into one spot. You know, that's where you really cue the, the uh, circus music. But I do want to say if you guys uh, enjoy this type of content, scan that QR code in the upper right. That will send you to Packernet podcast where you can find this one. I've had a ton of people reach out and go, Clayton, I can't find your podcast. I'm topping in Packers total access. It's under the Packernet podcast network. Okay. Um, that we love being a part of that network. They've got a ton of other podcasts. Some people complain this time of year. They go, man, there's nothing to listen to from Packers. You will get, I would, I would feel really comfortable saying with the Packernet podcast network, if you're subscribed to them on wherever you get your podcasts, You'll probably have at least two, maybe four shows every single day this offseason. That's how much content we're going to churn out. So if you like to plug in in the offseason, scan that QR code or just search Packernet, P-A-C-K-E-R-N-E-T, one word. That will send you to the Packernet Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe there, and uh, you'll get notifications every time we uh, put a new pod up. Like this show we're doing right now, as soon as we're done, it will get ripped and go into podcast form immediately um it'll be scheduled like this show here will probably go live at four o'clock today so just so you kind of know uh but yeah i like reef's idea there i don't i don't i think that's another way that you can look at the offensive line nick mcswain said a good center makes a whole line better it's so true it is so true they are the quarterback of that offensive line there's no two ways about it and you guys that's that's why i was like I hate that we're not acknowledging the fact that we missed on Myers. And when I say missed, it doesn't mean that he is the worst center in the league. It simply means you spend a second-round pick on a guy, you expect him to be top tier. Like, you you know, and the guy that dra- that got drafted right after him has played absolutely solid in Creed Humphrey, and that dude already won a Super Bowl, right? Well, I, I know Super Bowls aren't a center stack. I'm telling you, man, the great teams in the league, they've got good centers. They've got good centers. And uh, we kind of said the same thing about tight ends last year, too, didn't we? We were like, you know, you look up and these teams that are always competing, like look at the Chiefs again, right? You got Mahomes and Kelsey. And, uh, you know, here you go, Detroit, right? Look at Detroit competing. Look at what Sam LaPorta did this year. Now, look at what Green Bay did. Go get Musgrave and Tucker Craft. It wasn't even great. These guys are grading out in the 60s, right? What was Tucker Craft? Let's see. Luke Musgrave finished at 68.1. Tucker Craft finished at 60.4. It wasn't even great. And look at how it just revamped the offense, right? So tight ends are important too. But, yeah, I'm with you on center, man. It makes the whole offensive line so much better. Uh, let's see here. C-Dub Irving says, I just hope we bring Jones back. If these last five weeks show us anything, it's the offense is much better when Jones is going, and he proves he still has it. He'll be back, C-Dub. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm still baffled that last offseason people were calling for him to be traded. It's just like, right. what are we talking about?
3: Do you think we'll rest him at the beginning of the season again? Kind of ride it out?
1: There's no reason for him to be doing anything in practice other than what he feels like I need to do this to sharpen myself and get myself ready for the season. Um, that's it. there's he is the perfect example of what NIR rest. Right. The veteran rest the schedule is made for right there. So yes, he does. But I expect to happen. I think his cap hit us somewhere around seventeen million, if I remember correctly. Last year they did a they gave him a pay cut, but he like he pointed out, still the most money he's made in his career and he was still it's because the market was down. The market's still down in the running back market. So what I think they'll do is go back to him again and you'll probably see that number get shaved back down to somewhere somewhere between ten and twelve million would be my Uh, my guess. So I think we'll have him back. That's another thing too. You're going to be freeing up roughly at least. I think you'll be freeing up 5 million in cap space with Aaron Jones. So you throw that in conjunction with worst case scenario, David Bakhtiari isn't back. Now you've got 25 million extra, you know, uh, cap space there Mm -hmm. to kind of bolster this roster. And that's the thing too. Like if you remove all the, all the personal feelings about these players and everything, we, the great season that we just had that just, Completely surprised the NFL world. We did it without Bakhtiari, so it's not like yeah. But if you let him go, we get worse. We would be better with him on the roster. But we just seen what the team can do without him, right? So it's not like everything hinges on him coming back. Although you guys know I've been really vocal. I like to see him back. How cool would it be too if somehow, some way, it pops up and his cap hits down to twenty five million? You know what I mean? That's a that's a possibility. I doubt it, but that's a possibility there too. So um, yeah. I think uh, Jonesy'll be back though. Anything else y'all want to hit here as far as what we've covered so far? I'm gonna comb through the chat. Let's just kind of go around the horn here once. Anything else y'all want to touch on? Because again, uh I know Emilio, uh Jacob, y'all came in a little late. Um, what I came up with on offense, I think you need one tight end. We'll start with you, Jacob. I think we need one tight end and three offensive linemen. As and how would you like to see them approach that? I guess is the
0: best question. Uh, I think you definitely got to go offensive line early and often and then pepper in maybe a late round tight end to keep you lucky with a guy like a craft. You can maybe find in the third or fourth rounds or something like that, but I would look for them to get an offensive lineman similar to an Elton Jenkins. A lot of people forget that that guy was pretty much a starter at center in college and he had the ability to kick to guard and then obviously had the ability to kick out to tackle. So if you found a guy that's that versatile and can, like plug holes, like we talked about, because, you know, injuries are always going to happen and that kind of thing. So it would be just really great if we had somebody that at least could kick from like center to guard or maybe guard to tackle kind of thing. You don't have to play all three, but it'd be nice if they were a little
1: versatile. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, yeah, I would,
0: uh, I, to that
3: point, I would just hammer out line, like Jacob said, just keep, keep firing. And, and honestly, I really don't even think we need to snag a tight end just because we're working, you know, Tyler Davis be coming back. Um, uh, Deguara, yeah, he's probably gone, but we can find, you know, someone walking down the street and right. throw him in there. I mean, it's a little bit more as an H-back if we can find somebody that's, you know, a full fullback tight end sort of thing in the oh, late yeah. round, you know, like from some tinier school, smaller school, something like that. You don't get a lot of like a lot of playing time. Um, but besides that, I think just hammer the O-line, go from there, just give us a, the most chances at it. Um, you know, it's not like we didn't try to go for some skill positions. You know, we tried. We grabbed Lou Nichols there in the seven. So, like, we'll shoot at something like that. You know, later on in the in the rounds, and we still have the picks for it. But yeah, um, yeah.
2: more important
1: would be line. And Drew D said, "Someone call up Frankie Winters. Let's see what old Frankie's into now." Yeah, Which, by the way, <laughs> I've been watching uh, from 1995 Packers Falcons. It was in December. Man, it, God, it was so much fun. John Madden and Pat Summerall calling the yeah. game. Feel like I'm nine years old again. You know what I'm saying? And they're in front of the TV, dad's saying, turn that damn thing down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Absolutely love it. Uh so yeah, call of Frankie winners. That's a blast from the past. Trudy also went on to say, Aren't we good at tied in with Musgrave, Craft, Davis, and Sims? If Tyler Davis comes back, yes, you know, if he returns. The problem is you got the injury, and then of course you got the uncertainty of the contract. I don't think he's gonna get, you know, wild with with uh, you know, any kind of um uh, major contract offers, don't get me wrong. Right. That might be the way to go. And we know LaFleur really liked Tyler Davis. Mm-hmm. But I'm simply saying um as it sits right now, Josiah Gore is going to be a free agent. Henry Pearson graded out of forty seven point seven. And if Tyler Davis does come back, let me pull up that free agent list and see if he's on there um listed. I
3: think he was.
1: I think he was, too. Let's just see what kind he was, though. Tyler Davis? Actually, he is. Yeah, right there. So, he's an unrestricted free agent. So, you'll let him test the market. He probably won't get any offers. You can bring him back. Here's the thing I'm saying, too. You like to run 12 personnel, right? You feel good about Ben Sims. Another route you can go, Drew, is, you know, how did we get Ben Sims? You know, me and Jacob did a show as soon as they signed him. Jacob was all excited about him. Jacob was right. Ben Sims played good. Like, he played yep. solid. I know he's. I know he only graded out to a 60.5, but – what else could you ask for coming off the street like that? That'll probably be the approach that Goody takes.
0: Point two percent or whatever you want to call points better than Kraft, wasn't it?
1: Uh let's see. Now actually uh yeah, Tucker Kraft is sixty point four. Yeah, you're right. Then mm-hmm. Sims was sixty point five. I just had Kraft listed ahead because of uh, you know, the way he uh
3: but still, I mean that's that's my point is if you can snag somebody for cheap, why not why not follow the cheap route and draft something that's gonna be more expensive down the line? You know, it's yeah save your money if you can rotate those four-year contracts and on the expensive stuff. That's where, that's where I'm like, do we want to spend 14 million for a center or just, you know, spread it out somewhere else and snag a couple of O-linemen that we can rotate.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Very good point. So that's how we sit on offense. We're at the 45 minute mark. Um, I don't think there's any reason to start to dive into the defense, but I'm cool with going around the horn and talking about anything else you all want to talk about before we wrap up. What I'd hate to do is get 10 minutes in and us either go an hour and a half with the show and talk defense or just yeah. save, you know what I mean, we could just save the defense for tonight's show. So, that uh, sounds good. yeah, let's go around the, around the horn here real quick. Tim, you got anything else you wanted to talk about, anything on the forefront of your mind when it comes to the Packers in this offseason right now? Go
2: ahead and put Mikey's comment up there. Oh, Maki, where's Mikey? It's it starred. Go ahead and put Mikey's comment on the screen. It's starred.
1: <laughs> there oh, there it oh, is. Oh, Maki komuda says, uh, Guys, I scroll Packers fans' social media. Kickers in the first quarterback and running back in the second. Laughing. <laughs> <here? laughs>
3: We'd get first pick up the litter, you know, kicker first there. <laughs> first round. Hey, you. Can you imagine, Can you imagine.
2: Imagine. Right. Run the card up there.
1: Remember oh, Al Davis? Goodness. Al Davis did it with Sebastian Janikowski, didn't he?
2: What a guy though.
3: I mean, he had a leg on him.
1: Bro, him bar fighting. Let's go. Like, so, he, he got into a bar fight twice a year, it seemed like. I love it. Like, <laughs> Sebastian good. got notes from
2: Nigel Gruff. That's <laughs> that's who he learned it. That's who he learned it from. I gotta think that this comes from a lot of uh the local sports talk here, especially in Wisconsin. The narrative is kicker, 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 Anders Carlson, Anders Carlson, the kicker cost us, kicker, 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 and it just I don't know. It just proves what what my theory has been all along. Right, guys, like just I'm begging you fans out there, just make the smallest effort to try and understand the game better. And you'll see things differently and you won't. And you'll you'll see it kind of like we have that, you know, Anders Carlson is not the reason we lost to San Francisco. Um, And the idea that after taking this guy and bringing him in and committing to him, and developing him and seeing an 81% field goal percentage this year. The idea that you draft a kicker in the first round is just <laughs> insane to me.
1: God, it's crazy. It's it can't be, I want to say I can't be serious, but if you guys seen the DMs I get, God, God almighty, good God of my, good. me to
0: my next point, don't smoke crack.
1: Yeah. Peter Stone says, hour and a half sounds good to me. I could listen to you guys all day long. I'm glad you could <laughs> here. Do you got a couch I can sleep on? Because my wife just <laughs> telling you right now, man, I, every time I go downstairs, this is exactly how I feel. <laughs> uh, we got you a, to
3: giving you the side eye?
1: Yeah, she's just like, uh, you do know I'm still down here, right? Like uh, She's probably watching right now going, this knucklehead airing out all our, <laughs> all of our issues here. I'm just looking for some emotional support, man. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Look, here we go. The rivalry is stoked up. Eric Sutherland says, can we talk about AFAM getting full cups of just foam at Starbucks and then acting like a tough guy on the keyboard? (laughs) 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 I love it, man. Absolutely love it. Let's see. Uh, Drew D says, I'm totally in favor of drafting special teams, but a kicker should never be drafted higher than a fifth, in my opinion. Um, We could
3: get a fifth-year contract out of him, Drew D. I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine slapping the fifth-year option
3: on On a a kicker? kicker? Oh, he's we sold. I mean, he's the one.
1: Yeah. My gosh. You guys are off the rails, man. Um, And and you know what's crazy? What got lost in the shuffle of all this is at the presser yesterday – Coach LaFleur said, they said, uh, are, you, are you thinking about bringing in competition for the kicking position? And he, like, looked at him and was like, we're bringing in competition for every position. Mm-hmm. Like, you you never know when you're going to find that next great player. Like, you know what I mean? At, at any spot. so it's know, like
3: Goody turns the roster.
1: Absolutely, man. Got to give Goody. I'll tell you, man, Goody, I, I doubted him early in the year. Still don't like the Rasul trade, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But – uh Unless that third rounder that we traded, you know, that we end up drafting from that trade, unless that turns out to be just an absolute stud, then I'll go, yep, I'm shutting up on Goody. But other than that, that move this year, and, of course, the whole Aaron Rodgers, how you handle the contract. There's no reason to guarantee that money to trade him the next year. That's just crazy. But other than that, man, that dude has put one hell of a roster together. And I love that they stuck beside Matt LaFleur, too, the whole time. You know what I mean? Matt, man, I'm just telling you, that, that guy – I Going into this year, I kind of looked at it like it's probably going to be a wash and we'll really judge Matt next year to see what he does once the roster gets kind of completely revamped. Coming out of this year, I'm like, my God, give him a lifetime contract. What he did with the youngest team in the freaking league? And, and everybody is just putting it on Tom Clements, that Tom Clements is the one who molded Jordan Love. And I love Tom more than anyone, you know. and yeah, He was asked about that yesterday too, Coach LaFleur was, and he was very, very vocal. And, you know, I'm not going to try to convince him to do anything you don't want to do, but we'd love to have him back. I consider him a good friend, and he's just made me a better coach. But we got to give Matt LaFleur some credit on uh, kind of molding Jordan Love into, into what he's become too. You know? what do you think you are? I am. Exactly, Pete Weber. Got uh, to give him his flowers. So. And
2: the death of, ah, uh, shucks, Matt LaFleur. He's gone.
1: Jacob, it's, he's gone, ain't
2: he? He's gone. Yeah. No more chin but, strap. We're going full beard
0: now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Full Jacob.
1: <laughs> That's right. What do you think about that, Jacob?
0: Oh, man. I'm just, like, it's – I'm still dealing with the emotional part of it. Like, honestly, <laughs> seeing John Runyon, like, breaking up that much yesterday, like, that, that still choked me up, but, like – at the same time, it's it, it's a business and it's like all of a sudden. I don't know if you guys played man or never. If you ever do like the dynasty or the season mode, it's like my favorite part was once the season was over. I'm like, all right, now the off season begins and you get to make all these different moves. It's it's I mean, game think that's over that's that's and yeah, you, the game starts over and it's like a puzzle piece or like a whole new strategy. So then you try down this avenue and you draft this guy and then you know what I mean. So it is it's fun to see what new pieces are going to be plugged in and how much we can raise that floor level because it is kind of crazy to think about i mean yeah. i just keep coming back 14 draft picks like imagine what we can do if 3 of those guys end up being starters or just like future starters that's like a decent draft you know what i mean mm-hmm. what if
1: yeah
0: if the current trend keeps and we've got a half of our guys to three fourths right. of the guys are end up being studs or at least like you know puzzle pieces i mean this team could be scary for Definitely. Four. Then he trades three of them. Yeah, <laughs> gets wild. us four more for next year. Really? Well, and look at um, we're. Am I crazy to think that we're getting a fourth from Lazard? I'll take that.
1: That's wild. Oh, yeah, oh, that's man. the thing too. It, the comp picks we haven't even talked about, right? We don't know right. exactly. And, and once once the entire draft order is set, then we'll kind of dive into it. You know, I just I hate kind of getting into it too early and not knowing exactly where we're even picking. There's seven round mock drafts happening right now. We don't even know what picks we have, you know what I mean? So I know there's kind of a guesstimation of where we're going to be, but um, maybe we'll do a mock tomorrow morning. We get through the defense tonight. Maybe tomorrow we'll just do a kind of a live mock on the air and, and see how it turns out. That would be fun too. Right. Uh, Mike Witt with the super chat. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. He said, honest question. Does Matt LaFleur fire Barry? I hope personally, the D played better, but remember Tampa and New York Giants games, Fire Joe and Hire Wink, in my opinion. Um, I got to, I'm not saying I disagree with you on just the, the, the Fire Berry comment in general, but the whole thing of we're judging him by his worst games, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Like, why? You know, I'm not trying to take a shot at you, Mike. I appreciate the super chat, but I'm just trying to look at it, you know, from, you know, play devil's advocate here. You know, nobody mentions what he did to Kansas City. Nobody mentions what he did to Detroit. Detroit is legit. There's a good chance Detroit is going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I challenge you to go back and watch the Thanksgiving Day game. Before the mop-up time, he dominated. The Dallas Cowboys, right, in the wild card round, before mop-up time, dominated them. But we only point to Tampa and New York. You know what I mean? And then when you – when you go watch those games and you actually sit down and watch every single snap, you'll go, damn, why is Quay standing in the middle of the field and there's nobody nine yards with it around him? That's not on jo- Joe. Barry. didn't drop a defense and said, listen, Quay, listen to me, buddy. Everyone else on the field is going to be playing zone match, right? They come out in a quad look and they shift a three by two. I want you to stand right in the middle of the field and cover no one. I promise you Joe Barry didn't tell him to do that. So you got to put that play on Quay and we're going to dive into the defense later. The the uh, PFF grade for Quay Walker, 59.6. Now if the argument is he's not getting the most out of his players, I completely understand. I got you. And I think there's that has to be judged too. But this whole we're only going to judge someone by their worst performances is just a uh, stuff Chicago Bears fans do, man, you know? Like it's just burn it all down, burn it all down. I think you could do better. Do I think Wink Martindale is a better D.C.? Absolutely. But here's the other thing you got to take in consideration with Wink Martindale. He's an alpha, right? Why did he leave Baltimore? No one can answer that question why he left Baltimore and went to the Giants. And then you fast forward to the Giants, what happened with the Giants? He stormed out of their last meeting, right, and went to Florida and didn't talk to the team since. So they fired him and let him go. I'm sorry. if If everywhere you go, it smells like crap probably on your boot. That's two teams in a row that he couldn't make it work with. Is he pissed off that he's not getting head coaching jobs? Could be. But now you think about bringing him into the building and you create a little bit of turmoil there. Let's just put it this way. How how did the Giants do with Wink Martindale as their D.C.? They had a bad year, right? Oh, no. We suck again. (laughs) Exactly correct, Tim. Now, let's go back to Baltimore. How has Baltimore done since Wink left? for you, so this whole idea that Wink Martindale is the second coming of freaking Buddy Ryan, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's there's a lot of other things that come into factor. Do I think he's a better play caller, a better DC than Joe Barry? Absolutely. But if he comes in and acts like an asshat and disrupts everything in the building, I don't want him. So that's why my my response to Wink is all, always. So is he coming in to be the DC and Matt's right hand man and actually being a organization first guy absolutely sign me up but nobody can guarantee me that you know so that's the tough part i have about wink martin do not make sense but i appreciate the super chat buddy and again i think we're on the same page with uh barry now as far as does matt lafleur fire him the more time goes by i feel like it ain't gonna happen um but i could be wrong uh, let's see randy cleavers with the super chat appreciate you buddy he said our defense is coming together add some pieces and keep it rolling um Defensive line is the big thing that sticks out to me. Defensive line, I mean, there's a lot of holes. Just to give you a sneak preview of the night, we'll wrap up right here. I think we need two defensive linemen, two linebackers, four corners, and four safeties. (laughs) Woo! Put that into perspective, Clayton.
2: Saying we need four corners. Wow, bro! And uh,
1: think about this. This is our
2: 14 picks
3: go to defense. Then Clayton.
1: (laughs) This exactly. It's coming. Yeah. If they take a corner in the first round, people are going to lose their mind. But it's coming. <laughs> um, Jire Alexander graded out 74.3. He's the only player in the cornerback room I got in the green. And we'll talk about this more in depth later. Next, the highest graded is Robert Rochelle at 64.4. Next is Keyshawn Nixon at 60.7. Next is Corey Ballantine at 59.8. Now keep in mind, his passer rating against was the best on the team. And PFF has him graded out at 59.8. That shows you how bad the cornerback room is. Carrington Valentine, 57.5. Seventh-round pick. What else are you going to expect, right? Eric Stokes, 51.5. That's a first-round pick. One of these precious first-round picks. We've dumped all this draft capital into the defensive side, and Joe Barry's a moron. He can't make it work. Maybe we missed on some of these picks. So those, all those corners, like I said, Robert Rochelle is a restricted free agent. I think they'll bring him back for special teams. Keyshawn Nixon, unrestricted free agent. I think they'll bring him back because of his kick return ability, right? But you notice how we're not saying because they're a good cornerback? <laughs> so the only good corner you got on the roster right now, in my opinion, is Jai Alexander. That's according to PFF. So I think uh, I think you're going to see at least two, possibly four cornerbacks added to the cornerback room. Because as it sits right now, the only ones that are returning are Jair Alexander, Corey Ballantyne, Carrington Valentine, and Eric Stokes. And those last three I mentioned are booty peaks. There you go. That's how I feel, anyway. People, I know I'm going to roast it over that, but I'm just saying, I mean, like, if everyone who thinks that this DB room is great, give me your give me your argument. Because SIS disagrees, PFF disagrees. You turn on the tape, you go, damn. Now again, what was the other thing we, we pointed out when we broke down the roster or broke down the entire team? What were the negative aspects on defense? The only thing that went backwards on defense this year was turnovers, right? How many drop picks do we have? Jair drop picks, Jair drop picks, Darnell Savage drop picks, Quay Walker drop picks. Like, as a DC, are you saying it's Joe Barry's fault that they can't catch an interception? Because I'm that's a hard pass for me, you know.
2: Um, and look at where they were when, when these plays happen. That's that's the right. key, right? You know, you talk about being schemed in a position to make a play, then you got to make that play.
1: Absolutely. And pass coverage, according to the 33rd team, total points, right? Grading the players, just the players. Here are the total points they earned on the year. Last year it was at 7.6, and those total points dropped all the way down to 5.7 this year. So according to the 33rd team and PFF, your pass coverage has got to get better. It's got to. And it has nothing to do with the play call. It has nothing to do with the scheme. It has with the players not performing. So there's going to be at least two new corners in that room this year. Like I said, I could see as many as four. I'm not saying you go first round, second round, third round, fourth round. I'm thinking you get a couple couple of cheap free agents to try to, try to hit another Russell Douglas, right? Remember how Russell played. So um, that still hurts. I don't want to talk. I'm tired of talking about Russell. Like if Rasul's on this roster, I'm going, I feel okay about the corner room. Gotta get a little bit of depth. But we got our third round pick, boys. We're good to go. So all right, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Anybody else got anything they want to ask? Go around the horn. Tim, what do you got, man?
2: Uh looking forward to uh going live tonight, breaking down the defense in uh full detail. And uh just happy to have the squad all here. Got the boys yeah. in the house here on a on a morning. I love it. Um Emilio, good to see you, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> the beard is here. Always makes me feel good that yeah. you guys are in here. And uh, it's a good thing we got going, man. It's going to be a great offseason as we uh, ramp up for the Super Bowl run in 2024. So uh, yeah. make sure you guys uh, tune in tonight and check us out, man. We're going to continue to break things down. So very happy to be here. That's all, all I got today.
1: Absolutely. Jacob, what you got, Bob?
0: Yeah, I think I'll be able to join tonight, hopefully, if everything works out.
1: Ooh, I'm, I'm
0: just excited. I'm really excited to get into the draft stuff once I – cracked open the PFF and really started looking at a couple different lists and rankings. All of a sudden I'm just like, Ooh, boy. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody looks at, um, you know, does that differently. I personally like looking at each list and then I just, I go right to YouTube and I, I put in highlights. I start with highlights and then I work backwards because I do, I do think highlights are important. Anyways, we'll get into it. We got lots of time to do that stuff. Um, I hope we go cornerback first, first, first round. I really do I hope it's Kool-Aid. To the Kool Aid I'm gonna be a happy man.
1: Coolest mm-hmm. name, man. Coolest name. Um, Emilio, what you got, bub? Uh,
3: Go second, second, Tim and uh, Jacob's points there. Appreciate everyone on the pod, everyone in the chat. Uh, you three right here, and I'm excited for for what's for what's to come here in the offseason, man. We had a great season, uh, and let's get after it, man. Hashtag hire Joe Barry, right? Let's start it now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Reef pointed out lots of injuries in the DB room, and uh, let's see. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> William says, correct, Reef, and Barry did a heck of a job with backups for most of the year. People people forget that. All you hear is they got all these first-round picks. It's like, bro, they're starting Ballantyne and Ballantyne, mm-hmm. a seventh-rounder, and I don't even know where Ballantyne was drafted. So if he was, I don't know. I'm, anyway, it's So, yeah, I agree with that, William. Again, he's not perfect. I think he can do better, but you got to put things into perspective for sure. Now we'll go to it. Eric Southerland said, <laughs> Stokes is a great cheerleader. Maybe we trade him to Dallas. Come on, Eric. Be nice. What's wrong with you, dude? <sighs> yeah, yeah here yeah. go.
3: That's an elite <laughs> group, though, those Cowboy cheerleaders. That That is an elite group. That is elite oh, they over- Did
1: you hear that? I don't want to get into it, guys. I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, don't get into it. <laughs> yeah. They, they said that the Packers players were mean to him on the sideline. A, 32 cameras see. in the stadium didn't catch a damn glimpse of it, but they were yeah, mean yeah. to them, So there you it go. It's like a conspiracy. We Tim. Um. <laughs> 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 as soon as you said it, Jacob, Tim's head went. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here, guys. We'll see y'all tonight. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Let's give a special shout out real quick to our boys. Uh, Mike Witt, thank you for the super chat. Randy Cleavers, thank you for the super chat. Really, really, really appreciate y'all so much. Um, yeah we'll see you guys this evening we'll break down the defense Jacob if you want to dive into a little bit of draft stuff and you have time uh, comb through corners and safeties for me in the draft a little bit and just maybe a handful of names for tonight if you want to that'd be a cool little yeah
0: Yeah, it'd be fun all
1: right awesome we'll see you guys tonight thank you all for hanging out with us for those of you listening on the pod thank you for making us a part of your day as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack go